This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. Great to have you along on this beautiful, sunny, fresh June day in Toronto after a couple of very hot days. Yesterday, not as humid, but we are into more seasonal temperatures as the week continues. And we were all gripped this morning by television pictures, uh, pictures on the Internet, video, the heart-wrenching stories of people stuck in their upper-floor apartments while that building, that high-rise apartment building in London, was burning all around them. The official death toll in the London apartment fire is at least six, but local experts say it will be much higher and may take days to finalize. Dozens of people were injured, around 74, they're saying now, 20 of them critically. How can something like this happen in Western society in 2017? And could it happen in Toronto? And how can you be prepared for the worst if you live in a high-rise? We want to get to the answers to these questions. So we'll go first to Brian Patterson of the Ontario Safety League to, to talk about safety. And I'm sure, Brian, as we all were here and, and people around the world, you wonder how anyone would have gotten out alive, especially on the upper floors. Yeah, it's uh, really, really quite shocking. I think there's, uh, there's got to be some explanation that isn't immediately obvious from those pictures. Now, in that situation, um, when you smell smoke, when, you, when you're hearing that there's a fire, and I, I know this one went up in flames, this building, in, in, in a matter of 20 minutes, um, a lot of those residents had been told, we are finding out, that you're best to stay in your units. Uh, it, is that ever good advice, no matter where you live in the world? Uh, it's, um, uh, it is uh, the, the primary advice that comes from uh, most fire services in Canada. You know, number one, if, you're, uh, if you uh, detect fire, the, uh, you, know, you know, touch the door, exit safely, uh, pull the fire alarm so others are notified, and exit using the um, uh, stairwell. But what we're finding is... Uh, buildings get bigger uh, and larger uh, and higher that uh, that uh, some of the practices uh, to be in your unit, the first thing I would do is unlock the door. Because mm-hmm. if the fire department needs to get into my unit, I don't need to delay them with a locked door. So unlock your front door. Find your, and I, and I think uh, if you go online, the fire department has a great fire safety kit. And uh, go through the process there. So block any openings with wet towels. Uh, uh, move to a, an area that, of uh, safety. And, uh, of course, it'll depend on where the, where the fire is. And, uh, and await instructions. So um, uh, you can block vents with aluminum foil, an excellent practice. Have a roll of duct tape. Put it all in a little bucket by the front door and, uh, and be ready. Uh, beyond that, 
you, you may, in fact, uh, uh, find, find yourself making some decisions. But the best one, and often we uh, recommend it for anyone who has some mobility uh, issues, is if you think it's going to take you longer to get down the stairs, start early. So, uh, you know, uh, people seem to uh, um, uh, confuse that. If you are in your unit and you're receiving communications and you have the radio on or the television on and you know what's happening, uh, you can signal by putting a, a white cloth or sheet in the window. The fire department will then know there's someone in that unit. But all of this is far better practice in advance where people have time to see. They may not know where the stairwell exits. They may not uh, have gone up or down the stairwell because they, uh, uh, the elevators are so convenient. Uh, and uh, they, you know, we've had, uh, we've had tr- tragic deaths in Canada where people have tampered with the fire safety system inside their unit. Can you imagine putting uh, um, shower caps over your smoke detector no. systems in your unit? I mean, it's unbelievable what comes out in uh, in these inquests. So uh, if you're in Toronto, you're safe. We have uh, excellent response. I think as you found in uh, in uh, London, they, they have a separate heavy search and rescue uh, group to deal with the uh, big towers. But the awareness of the people in the unit and their timely uh, practice of this process is very, very useful. And if you see things that the fire department recommend that aren't in your building, mention them to your management. Whatever floor you're on, it should be clear. If you're on a, if you're reaching a floor door in an elevator or in a um, uh, stairwell, it should tell you what floor you're on. And if it's Northwest three, then it should say NW three. So that you're not confused if you use your cell phone works and you're corresponding with the fire department, they want to come and get you. At least you need to know where you are. You may have forgotten how many floors you've gone up, down, or up. I would think, uh, based on today's event and the fact that it's reached every corner of the world, that if you live in a high-rise apartment building, you're going to do exactly what Brian Patterson of the Ontario Safety League is recommending. You're going to go through what would happen if there was a fire in your building. Look at those signs on the wall in the hallways. Find the stairwell. uh, Talk to um, the condo corporation about fire practices um you you wonder do you do you think does good come out of something as horrific as that in terms of um other societies reflecting on their policies around around fires unfortunately the safety league's been around for over 100 years and it's often been tragedies that have led to better safety compliance or better guidelines toronto has excellent resources and uh, there's no reason why any condominium or apartment building uh, could not uh, prepare and conduct a fire drill in the next two weeks. And, uh, you know, what happens is that's when they find out that the speakers don't work anymore or that uh, the systems aren't uh, working. So uh, be proactive. Safety always requires somebody to be proactive. So be proactive and, uh, and be able to assist yourself. Know who's on your floor. It would be helpful to know if somebody was going to need assistance. If you're, if you're uh, fit and uh, and ready to roll, 
why wait for the fire department to get to that apartment if you can assist that person out? Right. I want to hear from you. I, I know you may be listening right now in, a, in an apartment in a high-rise building. Do you feel comfortable? Do you feel safe with the policies around a fire if a fire were to happen in your building? Do you, do you know what you're supposed to do? Have you been in a situation where there has been a fire, uh, maybe in the building you're in or in previous buildings. What went well? What went wrong? 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-744-740. Brian, we'd, we'd love you to listen along here for the rest of the half hour. We're going to go now to London, England. Damien Gale of The Guardian newspaper is on the line with us. Damien, what can you tell us at this hour about the investigation into this horrific fire? Well, um, as far as I understand it, what's really shocked everyone about this is the speed with which the fire spread around the outside of the building. A lot of people in the local area are talking about the cladding, which was recently placed on the building, and they believe that that's what was responsible for the, the fire just literally tearing across the outside facade in, uh, in minutes. Um, I spoke to um, one uh, young girl, a 16-year-old girl, who uh, escaped only after her father coming home from work noticed that the fire was was going on. He went up, woke up her and her brother, and got them to come downstairs. As they were coming down, firefighters were telling them to go back into their flat. Really? Um, Fortunately for them, they ignored that advice, and they came out. And she showed me a couple of frames from her Snapchat story, which showed the fire spreading from a very small patch on about the fourth floor and really spreading very quickly up the side of the building in, in a matter of five minutes. We're reading, um, we're reading online, the Associated Press, uh, BBC, The Guardian as well, um, that this material you're talking about, it's described as a white polystyrene type of material that was falling, from, falling like snow from the building as it burned. Uh, clearly, it was flammable. Um, is there anything concrete in terms of evidence that that was causing the fire to happen more quickly? Well, I think, obviously, we have to wait until a proper investigation is made. But local people have told me that there have been fires in the block before, prior to its renovation, and there have been fires in neighbouring blocks, which have been well contained within the unit where they started. So it does seem that the, uh, the, only, the, only, the only different factor in play in this one was the cladding. And I think that questions have been to be asked about that, and um, my colleagues have been doing some investigation into that. Well, there's also the investigation into what um, members of the government in Britain may or may not have known about not just that building, but other buildings. Uh, Damning evidence against the former housing minister, Gavin Barwell, who's just become Prime Minister Theresa May's chief of staff. I'm sure that that is the big buzz today as well. I have to admit that's the the first I've heard of that. I've been sort of out and about all day, so I've not had a chance to sit down and take take in the news. But that is... That is a very interesting development. Yes, um, um, the story is actually a former chief fire officer and secretary of a parliamentary group on fire safety has revealed that successive ministers had had damning evidence on their desks since 2013 and nothing had happened. And the Labour MP well, it chairs... Well, the first time that something like this has happened. A few mm-hmm. months ago, I was covering the case of the tower in South London, right. um, which burst into flames and... That had also recently been renovated, and uh, basically the renovations had not been up to scratch, and there hadn't been enough what they call compartmentalization in the building, which is supposed to restrict any fire to, to just a specific section. 
We're speaking with Damian Gale of The Guardian newspaper. They've done a tremendous job online of covering uh, this fire today. Um, you, t- you told us about looking at Snapchat photos of, of survivors. Tell us about some of the other stories. I know a woman threw a baby out the window of a ninth or, or tenth floor apartment to the arms of a man on the ground. That is just incredible. Well, uh, I've not bumped into that woman myself, but I have heard um, I heard some quite incredible stories, but mainly quite tragic stories, to yeah. be honest, um, of people jumping out of the building, um, uh, other people um, looking for loved ones. Uh, I spoke to a man who was looking for his sister and his nephew, and uh, the last time he spoke to her was at 4 a.m., and she was trapped in a flat which was being filled with smoke, and the two-year-old had collapsed. So... Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of tragic tragedy about to come out about this. I would say, and, and the fire alarm it it didn't go off. Is that for real? But this is what I'm being told by by um, people around around the area. Um, I, I'm not across that particular side of the investigation myself. And the the, the young girl I spoke to who escaped from the building. Um, when she left, she was one of the. She said she was one of the first people who managed to get out. And the fire at that stage was still very small. Uh, in fact, she showed me a photo of it. It looked, you know, it, it just looked like fire in one window. So um, I don't know whether it's because it's part of the policy of London Fire Brigade that in these fires, most residents should remain in their flats, or whether or not it's simply that the uh, the fire alarm was defective. Um, I, couldn't, I couldn't say. Your comments, questions are welcome on this topic. 416-360-0740-1866-744-740. Uh, Damien, your police commander, Stuart Cundy, says it could be a number of days that this, this recovery operation uh, will take. In other words, it's going to be a number of days before we get an official and final death toll. Is there any kind? I don't want you to to um, report on on speculation or rumors, but what kinds of numbers are we talking about as as a possible death toll? Well, I mean, I I couldn't say, um, but there are 120 flats apparently in that building, and um, you know, with many of those residents having been told to stay put by the fire brigade one might expect that it could be a kind of um, a mass fatality event. Uh, at this stage, I think they're saying eight confirmed, um, six to eight. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, can't, I can't see it remaining at that low number. Right. London uh, has been through a lot in the, in the last couple of weeks. Mm, yes. Yeah. Well, you know, we did have the terror attacks um, of the weekend before last. Uh, I was out covering the uh, the cordons on the Monday following the attacks, um, and it, what what struck me was that um, you know the the response to those was very kind of tightly organised. Um, it was obvious that the authorities had had a lot of contingency plans in place for the, in the event of a terrorist attack, and, and um, get the impression that perhaps they don't have as many contingency plans in place for something like this. And the, uh, I'm sure your reporting and, uh, and other colleagues of yours at different media outlets, there is going to be a lot of focus now on fire safety in buildings, and not just in London, but right across Great Britain as a result of what's happened. Yeah, I should think so. I should think there's going to be a lot of investigations going on. I mean, there's already people in the local community who are talking about this as a, as a gentrification issue. And um, as far as they're concerned, the, the area surrounding the tower and um, the tower itself, it's all social housing for, for poorer residents. And, but this is one of the wealthiest boroughs in the country. And they've long felt the pressure from the local council to, to up sticks and move out 
access, uh, you know, in uh, you know, in exchange with some more prosperous residents. Yeah. Now, Damien, you're you're obviously preparing reports and talking to people around the world, like us here at Zoomer Radio. Uh, what are you going to write about? What's uh, what's what angle on this tragedy are you going to cover? Well, I mean, there's a lot of angles to this at the moment. I think I'm just out here doing sort of general reporting and feeding into whatever whatever the uh, the focus is on the news desk. So I wouldn't be able to say. Not at this stage. They yeah. haven't commissioned me to write anything in particular. Okay. Well, of course, I'm interested in that angle as a journalist. But uh, thanks so much for taking the time to be with us here today on this terrible day in London. No problem. Thanks so much. Damien Gale of The Guardian newspaper. And we have Brian Patterson from the Ontario Safety League on the line with us until the bottom of the hour. Looking for your calls, your comments, uh, your impressions of what happened today, how... Something like this, this massive fire, this inferno of a fire, which actually was most reminiscent of 9-11. Didn't, didn't you find that watching the images uh, that, that the, this tower, which was only 24 stories high, it brought back the memories of the way that the, the towers at the World Trade Center were burning uh, after the terror attacks of 2001. I mean, pictures tell a thousand words. Uh, your impressions... Uh, if it brings to light any situations you've been in, in a fire, if you've if gotten out of a fire safely, um, lost loved ones in a fire, have concerns about your own building now, we'll take your calls until 1230 at 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866-744-740. And then at 1230, we're going to discuss what's going on behind the closed doors The jurors deliberating in the Bill Cosby sexual assault trial. I want to know. You want to know. We will get to that as well. All of that coming up on Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. We're talking about the story, one of the stories of the day today. Uh, Of course, the other is the shooting of a GOP member in Virginia, Alexandria, Virginia, this morning. But the other huge story worldwide was the the London, England high-rise fire this morning. Um, A 24-story building went up like an inferno in about 20 minutes. Uh, I'm certain you've seen some of the images while they're on television or on the Internet. It has gone viral, as they say. We're looking for your calls to talk about um, any experiences you may have had in escaping a fire. 416 1-866-744-740. Or if you want to grab a line for our next topic, we're going to be discussing what the jurors are likely deliberating about uh, uh, as they continue to deliberate the Bill Cosby sexual assault case. Did he or didn't he? Do you have an opinion? Do you have a question? We will have a criminal lawyer on the line bringing us his expertise. In the meantime... Brian Patterson of the Ontario Safety League is on the line with us. Uh, Brian, I guess, you know, we, we, we talked earlier in the half hour about reviewing um, all of the, the procedures around escaping a fire uh, if you live in a high-rise building. This also brings to light the importance of making sure your fire detecting and carbon monoxide detecting equipment is working well, yes? Oh, it's uh, absolutely critical. And uh, uh, if it's disabled by the tenant, they're placing everyone else in the building at risk. And if it's been disabled by your landlord, 
there are major fines the fire department will impose. It's a critical life safety system. It's there for a reason, and we have to deal with it. Well, this morning we um, reached out to um, our fire chief, Matthew Pegg, about coming on the show. And, of course, he he didn't want to comment about specifically about how uh, the fire brigade in London was handling today's fire, understandably so. Um, But he also told us that uh, some of the higher-ups in the Toronto Fire Department this afternoon are discussing fire safety precautions in high-rise and that a public education campaign is being prepared. So uh, I don't know if that's... that's just coincidence or as a result of this morning, but a good idea nonetheless. We have, we, we have uh, the good fortune, not only the skills of the chief, but uh, Jep- Deputy Chief Jim Jessup is an internationally recognized fire prevention expert worldwide. And I think he's been bringing this uh, in process. The, uh, when listening to Damien with the on-scene comments, you know, it, it, it leads you to wonder other fires that we've had, you know, uh, when you have the cladding become such a massive source of fuel, uh, you know, was it a was it a, a cigarette on a balcony? Was it somebody flicking a cigarette that landed on somebody else's balcony that led to a fire? Was it somebody with a, a candle on the balcony or in the, uh, you know, you just really see that uh, that those materials, but I, you know, when you get, uh, and I'm sure you will, the chief on at some point, he will uh, he will tell you that uh, buildings today have more combustibles in them than they've ever had in the past because we're using plastic and fiberglass and resin to do things that uh, before the outside of your building was cement. Mm-hmm. Now it's uh, now it's uh, it's clad so that it looks shiny from a distance and. Uh, it's got all of those uh, those uh, elements in them. So I think, you know, anybody who's listening from the city of Toronto is uh, fortunate that we have not only an outstanding leader in Chief Pegg, but also uh, Deputy Chief Jim Jessup the job incredibly seriously. And Toronto has fined more landlords and taken more uh, people to court than any other jurisdiction in Ontario. Fire is so insidious, uh, and this wasn't a high-rise, but um, just a few months ago in February, do you remember uh, the Brampton home uh, where three family members died and they did not have a smoking, uh, working smoke detector? Which... Oh, I was involved in the inquest that okay. just took place for two fires. Okay, great. Uh, with the coroner, and I can tell you, it's horrific to hear when you do the research to see how often uh, preventable fires or... The uh, or it was exacerbated by somebody doing something really outrageous. Hmm. Any uh, final thoughts before we let you go on on this day when we've been watching an international tragedy unfold? Talk to your kids about fire safety when they get in from school. Make sure you know how to exit your property safely. And for sure, make this priority number one on the next meeting of your condo board or your residence association. Excellent, Brian. Thank you. Thanks, Jane. Bye for now. Brian Patterson of the Ontario Safety League. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. 
You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.